All right, so this is one of my favorite topics, Jerry. All right, my, you know, one, Mine too. one, yeah. This is this is really critical. We're talking about listening, and we're talking about listening in a really open and receptive way. So we're actually going to give you some pointers about how to do that. So what would be a couple of things that you think would be really important when you want to listen to somebody? Well, depending what I'm talking about, I do like privacy. So it would really be important to have a, a private space, make sure that there isn't any way the person's going to be harmed. Because if I'm approaching, you know, someone I care about and I'm sharing with them, um, you know, deep personal things, maybe even distressing information, right. I really don't want to feel like someone could just walk in or, you know, a phone could go off or something that will distract and, and, and make, you and, know, and, and have a lack of safety, really. So... And, and the other thing, so that really comes down to giving someone your undivided attention. Right. In a safe place without distractions. Right. So that they can really be heard. Remember, that's what a lot of people really need when they're in distress is they need to be heard. People want to tell you their story, right? They want to tell you their story in their own way, in their own time, in their own words. That's really important. And so we want to do everything to facilitate that. If your phone's going off, if you're distracted because you're looking at your text messages, you know, um, you know that's gonna that's gonna get in the way of that. It's gonna lead them to feel like maybe their story's not important or that they're not worth your time. So if you've carved out that time, you know that you've got that time. You've done that preparatory work that we were talking about in the previous modules. Then you're ready to go in. You know what I really find is that people don't really have our experience being listened to very often. It's a rare thing to actually have somebody give you their full attention and their full time. Because what is often happening in, in regular conversation is someone is only listening in order to counter, make a counterpoint, right? So they're already thinking of what they wanna say before you finished your sentence. Right. And so a good listener doesn't do that, puts that aside, right. really gives her full attention and really sits with and absorbs what the person is saying and doesn't rush to a response. Right. You've had that experience, right? We all have, you know, of having somebody that's with you, but not really with you, like, you know, engaged in a conversation with you, but not really listening. Right. So, you know, especially when we get into matters of the heart, you know, things that are really painful or whatever, we really want to be able to be fully present to them. So to make make the space for that to happen, to hold yeah. that space, right? Right, because when you actually slow yourself down as you're listening and they begin to share, well then your, your friend is sharing and then if you don't leap in with something too quick, they may actually come up with the next sentence that helps them resolve what they were already saying, right. which is way better than you trying to do it for them. Right. They will totally own that. And they, they will, they, you might actually find yourself saying very little. Right. <laughs> and they're actually, will walk away from the conversation going, wow, I yeah. figured out all this great stuff. Yeah. And it's easier that way. Yeah. Like it's easier to create that space for, for the other person to be heard and let them come to conclusions than it is for you to solve their problems for them. Mm -hmm. It really is. So, so it doesn't demand as much. You know, when you can just create that listening space, that receptivity, that openness, right? You know, it's a big step 
when someone first begins to open up about their distress. Because yeah. that may be the first time in a long time or the first time ever that they've started to talk about something. Right. You know. So you really do want to avoid things like um, assuming that your experience is just like their experience <laughs> just because there's some similarity and then leap into explaining your experience because you think that relates when it might actually just make the person feel like you don't get it or it's about you. It's about you. Yeah. Because yeah. they're going to be really sensitive to that. Like when they're taking that risk of being vulnerable, they're going to be sensitive to how much of it is about them in the moment because they need it and how much of it is about the the, the helper. Right. Yeah. You know, so because it's easy to it's going to be easy to shut down. Right? Yeah. So how, what are ways that, you know, we can, you know, really show that we're listening as we're listening? Right? Yeah. Well, you know what? One of the things that's really helpful um, and is to just have like little verbalizations where you just say, mm-hmm. you know, let them know that you're tracking and that you're with them, you know, but not nothing that's too um, that's going to interrupt their flow. Right. I so, hear you, Peter. Yeah, that's it. There you go. <laughs> exactly. You can say something like that. Yeah. Um, I'm listening. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to sound like Fraser Crane too much. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or just even offering, you know, asking questions that are just sort of open-ended or just say, oh, tell me more about that. Yeah. Or, you know, uh, rather than a specific, like, interrogative question that requires a yes or no answer. Right, right. You know, why don't, you want to convey that you're interested in what they're saying. You mm-hmm. know, that you really want to understand what they're saying yeah now if you have time if you know there's a situation because you're going to come back to it later you might actually write down a few questions like you, you might think about it ahead of time if you've got that you know to kind of practice putting some of this active listening into practice so sometimes people do that find yeah. it helpful you know right you said active listening yeah yeah because that is what we're talking about right is actively active listening, listening. right as opposed to passive listening where they can't tell if you've sort of checked out or zoned out or not right so active listening means that you're putting effort into your listening yeah. you know and you're really trying to understand things as the other person is experiencing them so one thing that people can do too that you can do is to uh, reflect back what someone says and that's a tricky one and it sometimes feels artificial at first what you're not doing is parroting exactly what they're saying it's just a little statement like wow you know um you know like a that you know oh i can see your brother was upset with you might be enough like that right. might seem like a strange thing to say if right. they just said they just explained how their brother was you know not there or whatever but when you actually just say a little statement that says that you know what they were saying, they feel like you're with them. And a little humility goes a long way here. So if you sort of prep it by saying, can I just make sure, can I just check out that I'm getting this right? You mm-hmm. know, and then you say, I'm, I'm sensing that you're really upset, you know, because this miscarriage, it sounds like it was just tremendously like upsetting and nobody seems to be paying attention to that fact. Right. You know? Because sometimes you're reflecting back just some content, like right. some fact, but sometimes it's, you're reflecting back a feeling, right? Right, that they may right. not actually always be saying, right? But you see it, so you're saying, "Wow, that you must be sad. That must really be sad for you," yeah. which then reflects, and then you can see they go, "Yeah, it was," you know. So they right. they know that you get it. So hold these things lightly, though, and what I mean by that is don't get attached to 
thinking you figured out their feelings, right? Let that be, because they might not be sad, they might be anxious, right? Or they might be angry and not yet show it, right? Mm, so we want right, to right. we wanna try to hold some of these things really lightly and be able to let go of things that don't fit or that aren't accurate to that person's experience. So, so it's okay to be tentative, like, is yeah. that right? So if you did say something like, right. oh, you must be sad, is that, you might want to say, oh, is that is that right? Right. So they right. might actually say no. <laughs> right. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, tell me more about yeah. the no. Like, tell me more. So you're angry. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. That's, that's, and, and, you know, and I, and I often will encourage them by saying, you're really helping me understand this better, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, so, and that kind of leads into like kind of some of those, those, those kinds of things lead into empathetic attunement. Empathetic right. attunements, that's a big language word. We're using some jargon here. Empathetic attunement. We're going to get into that more in, in the, the next, next module. module. We'll explain exactly. We're going to explain exactly what it is. But let's let's <laughs> give them a little teaser. We give them a little teaser right now about what empathetic attunement is. What would you say it is? Like if you were to put that into normal English, what would you say it is? Empathetic. Uh, empathetic attunement. I would just say it's connecting emotionally in a way that helps the other person understand. I, I feel like you understand that about me. Yeah, I got that. <laughs>